This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. My guest today was living a life many people dream of, doing meaningful work as a Peace Corps volunteer in the Dominican Republic, dancing on the beach on weekends, even having many male suitors vying for her affection. And yet, she felt something was missing. How she discovered her next chapter took many twists and turns, but ultimately led her to release her own unbounded potential. Catherine Wood, better known as Just Cat to her friends, Welcome to my podcast, Kat. <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> it's all I'm true. I'm <laughs> so happy to be here. <laughs> Kat is an executive life coach these days, working with a lot of high-achieving entrepreneurs. And you are now, I think, living your best life and are really happy. But there was a time that that was not the case. Take us back to what was going on in your life. What were you unhappy about? So this was, let's see, more than... At this point, more than 15 years ago, I had finished my service in the Peace Corps. I stayed in the Dominican Republic because it was right during the heart of the 07-09 recession and there were no jobs to come back to. And, you know, I found this really amazing job. I mean, I loved all the full description you used because on the outside, it really looked amazing. But I just felt like I wasn't happy that for as many things as I had and had achieved and on paper and on the inside, I was just depressed, lonely, unhappy, also attracting lots of unhealthy relationships <laughs> into my life. And it was really kind of the beginning of my, my journey to find out what that thing was that was missing. So you go down this path of searching and you're trying all kinds of different paths. You get your MBA, you become an economist, and you do so many other things, but you describe them as all being band-aids. Walk us through the journey that you took. You know, I think like so many of us, we try to find these external fixes for an internal problem. Yes. I call it a problem on purpose because I think that that's how many of us relate to it. That's certainly not how I experience it in my work, but it's definitely the language I was using at the time. I got my MBA thinking, oh, maybe I just you know needed more education. and <laughs> Which is what a lot of people think sometimes, right? <laughs> We do. And then we incur all of this debt. After four years living abroad, I thought, you know, maybe I'm homesick. I'm from New England. I've always been close to family. Maybe I just needed to move home and be closer to family. And I found a job uh, in Washington, D.C., working for the Labor Department, just to be blunt about it. For anyone outside of the D.C. area, getting a job in the federal government is, is a real honor. But once you're in D.C. and you realize oh, everyone here works for the government. <laughs> it's not quite as important. And that kind of like pat on my shoulder, that also didn't... Took a little of the shine off, did it? <laughs> it took a lot of the shine off. Oh and especially gosh. kind of finding myself stuck behind two monitors and a sea of data. Mm. It was just not the type of impact that I had intended to make. I was working with some of our nation's principal federal economic statistics. But the people I was helping were people on Wall Street who really knew how to manipulate our labor data to really make more money. And that was never the type of person that I intended to serve. 
When did you finally realize then that becoming a life coach was the right path for you? While I was with the government, I again was transitioning out of another unhealthy relationship and I found myself in a therapist's chair. My therapist really supported me in getting out of that relationship and realizing it wasn't for me. But once I had made that decision to end the relationship, I really got to this place of, okay, now what? And I think that that is often a transition point where therapy becomes less useful and coaching becomes more impactful, really to help someone answer the now what question. Coincidentally, at that same time in my life, a friend of mine was training as a coach and I felt deep envy for the work she was doing, Hmm. for the books she was reading, for the insights she was sharing with me, for the post-it notes that she had posted (laughs) all around her apartment. I really had this epiphany that I'd been coaching people and supporting them in this way my whole life, and I didn't know that there was a profession for it. Wow. You mentioned growing up in New England, and I think, wasn't it in Lynn, Massachusetts? Am I right? I was born in Lynn. I moved to Rockport when I was seven. Your parents owned a bed and breakfast, and you always had a lot of guests in your home. You're always taking care of a lot of people. And I wonder what that connection is for you that then led you to the Peace Corps. And what was that experience like being a Peace Corps volunteer? The first part of that question, I'm really grateful for growing up in a home where I had people from all around the world staying in my home all the time. It introduced me to new cultures and new ways of living that I likely otherwise wouldn't have experienced, especially living in Rockport, which has such a small town feel. Mm -hmm. And so from a really early age, I always knew I wanted to serve in the Peace Corps. I went on a couple mission trips to actually to the Dominican with my church when I was in high school. I always loved Spanish. It was always one of my favorite classes as early as middle school. I always knew that far that I wanted Hmm. to Well, to be honest, it was a three-parter. I knew I wanted to be an RA in college. I knew I wanted to be student body president in college. And I knew (laughs) I wanted to serve in the Peace Corps. And then after that, I didn't know. That's quite a list. And that must have been just an amazing experience then, if that was one of your goals. You know, I always say that I don't think I grew up until I served in the Peace Corps. There's a level of humility and service and worldview that I think I've really benefited from experiencing and gaining at such a young age. It continues to impact me. And I'm curious because those formative years when you had all those guests from different cultures in your home and your parents were innkeepers, then you're working as this Peace Corps volunteer and you're saying that's when you grew up. How do you think that is helping you today in the work that you're now doing? In the Peace Corps, I always say that I discovered who I am. And I think the art of coaching is to help people discover the core of who they are, the essence of who they are, and then from that place to really bring the full expression of who they are into their experience of life, into their relationships, and into their work. And I think that that's why I struggled in so many areas of my life for so long, because I didn't know who I was. So if Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was, I couldn't attract healthy relationships into my life, and I couldn't bring the full expression of my my gifts into my work. Mm. Well, you are now the founder and head coach of Unbounded Potential, and you call it a boutique coaching firm. But there's also a very specific reason why you chose the words unbounded potential. What do these two words mean to you? 
You know, I discovered this phrase in reading about yoga. <laughs> I love that metaphor for me because I've also since become a certified kundalini yoga instructor. And for me, unbounded is the letting go, the surrendering, the releasing, and the potential is the stepping into. Mm. So much of identifying who we are is that combination of both. It's the yin, the yang, the letting go, and the going after, mm. and ultimately the surrendering. Which is so hard to do sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm. Still is. Yes. You are also an author, and I, I read your best-selling book over the weekend, and, and there are many important lessons. The book is titled Belonging, Overcoming Your Inner Critic and Reclaim Your Joy. And you write in your book that we are all in search of this elusive state of becoming whole again, of becoming unbounded. Why is becoming whole again such an elusive state for many people? I think many of us experience this idea that there's something wrong with who we are and that we need to achieve these external accolades or resume boosters or financial gains in order to be enough. And when we can truly identify and realize that who we are is inherently enough, when we can regain that sense of wholeness, it's from that place that we can really bring the full expression of, of who we are into mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. That idea that so many of us don't relate to ourselves as whole is a cause for so much of our, so much of our struggle mm -hmm. in this day. A lot of the unhealthy relationships that we get into thinking that someone else will make us feel whole about who we are, as well as going down these career paths that aren't for us, trying to meet someone else's standard for who we think we're supposed to be. I would describe your book as a workbook within a book. Explain to us who would benefit from your book the most, how do you want people to use it, and what do you hope that they're going to gain by reading it? You know, I wrote the book because I am expensive, <laughs> and I wanted the work that I do in the world to support people on a larger scale. And a lot of the topics in the book are foundational conversations that I have with clients. Mm -hmm. The way I viewed the book is really an introduction to coaching, an introduction to some of the self-awareness and self-actualization work that mm -hmm. I think more and more of us are interested in, compelled to do in our own lives. It's very much an action-oriented book because so many of us love self-help books and I have a love-hate relationship with them because... <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> yeah, because we intellectualize ourselves out of changing our lives. And the way we do that is that we start to gain an intellectual understanding and knowing of how we sabotage, of how we get in our own way, of how we spend money that we don't have to spend or why we stay in relationships that aren't meant for us, or why we avoid entrepreneurship because we're scared. And then we don't do anything about it. We mm -hmm. justify and we explain ourselves out of change. Insight without action does not result in change. Throughout the book, there's a short lesson for each concept, mm -hmm. and then there's an action all of which I've taken in my own life, in my own journey. Many of the practices are some of the foundational practices that I offer to clients through our work, sometimes even before we work together. Well, there are so many poignant points in this book, and I just want to touch on a few of them. One of them 
which I think is huge, asking ourselves, what do I want? Why is that so hard to ask ourselves, what do I want? Many of us grow up answering that question that other people have of us, what other people want of us. I grew up in a bed and breakfast. I constantly had a barrage of guests at the inn asking things of me. Oh, can you help me find a reservation for dinner? Can you help me find the beautiful walk in Rockport that your parents talk about? And being able to provide that service and help people, it really kind of messes with your understanding of what you want versus what other people want of you. There's no one to blame for that, but we are often socialized to not know the answer to that question for ourselves. Mm, yeah, it's a tough one to ask. It's, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to ask that question and answer it, honestly. It does, and it's a muscle. Just like working out at the gym, as you strengthen your biceps, you can, in the same way, strengthen the muscle around what you want. Sometimes just by starting with the simplest areas of life, if you were to ask me in this moment, like, what do I want right now? I would love some of my Burt's Bees chapstick. I might get a cough drop after we get off this call. I'd love some puppy cuddles. I'd love a hug. I'd love a cup of tea. There's five things I told you in just maybe 10 seconds. But when I started this work eight years ago, I don't even think I could have told you that then. Right. At this point, you know, I have a lot more clarity on that question. And I think we all can. It's possible for all of us. Another point in the book, there's so many wonderful points, but I'm just going to touch on a few. Taking off the mask of perfection. What does that mean? Trying to get things perfect or be the perfect version of ourselves or send the perfect email is so often a way in which we find worthiness, in which we access a sense of artificial wholeness. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to look for external evidence to really heal that inner struggle of belonging and feeling enough with who we are. Mm -hmm. So I think perfection and people-pleasing are two of the most poignant ways that high achievers look for external achievement to feel enough or worthy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's no wonder that high achievers have four and five page resumes, <laughs> right? <laughs> There's a reason for it. Right. I think that goes along with one of the other concepts which you talk about, which is acceptance. And then the final point that I want to talk about is a very novel idea. And, and when I was reading this, I thought, hmm, this is interesting. You say we need to date ourselves. What does that mean? Learning how to enjoy spending quality time with ourselves and dating ourselves is one of the shortcuts to being able to answer the question, what do I want and who am I? Mm -hmm. We know how to do it because when we were kids, we played in the backyard, we made mud pies, we got our feet wet in the swamps and the rivers nearby. We lose that muscle and ability to play. When I was healing from a broken heart, starting to date myself was one of the ways in which I really rediscovered who I am through spending time with the things I love through creating space on my calendar in order to access my intuition and my own thoughts. It's just a really beautiful practice in getting connected with your desires and your intuition. There are other lessons on leadership and setting boundaries as entrepreneurs. 
And you also write in the book that many actions towards growth, which is what we're talking about here, are simple, but they're rarely easy. Isn't that the truth? Why is it so hard, Kat? I think a lot of us are more committed to our stories, our stories about why we are the way we are or why things are the way they are because they're comfortable. They keep us in our comfort zone. Growth and having a desire to live the life we want require having a willingness to step outside of your comfort zone. Right. So growth requires having a willingness to do things that are uncomfortable to you, unfamiliar and unknown. And the cool thing is that fear is a muscle. We can learn how to get comfortable with fear and get comfortable with stepping outside of our comfort zone. It's just a practice. I liken it to when I'm working with my clients on any number of topics, we're all like rubber bands. We stretch ourselves only so far because that's our comfort zone. But in order to improve, in order to grow, we have to stretch that rubber band. And initially, it's going to feel like a stretch. But once we continue to keep stretching outside of the initial space in which we were in and we stretch it out even further, then that eventually becomes our comfort zone if we're willing to stretch ourselves. I think that that's such a beautiful metaphor. It's so true. The way I always say it is that our comfort zone expands and contracts with our willingness to take on actions outside of it. It is elastic. (laughs) Exactly. Kat, what is your definition of happiness and how has that changed along with your own personal transformation? When I started training as a coach, I was partnered to work with a coach and I worked with a coach that whole year I was trained as a coach and I've since worked with a coach every week since. One of the first breakthroughs that I experienced in coaching is that I realized I didn't love myself. Mm. And the breakthrough was in learning how to love myself. When I think back to those days in the Dominican, it all made sense because if I didn't, I didn't love myself, I was never going to be able to love my life as beautiful as it looked on the outside. For me, learning how to love myself which I think is the foundation of our work as coaches, was the key to unlocking happiness for me. Because when I learned how to love me, then I learned how to accept life for what it was in so many, in all the areas, (laughs) um, with practice, Mm -hmm. and access more of that happiness simply as a way of being versus an achievement or an external accolade that I had to go after or obtain Mm -hmm. or reach for. I love that because it's really about the experience of well-being as opposed to some goal that's on a list like, okay, check, I've gotten there because there's an ebb and flow to that as well with life and just being able to, as you said, to use the word acceptance, when we can accept that, when we can love ourselves, then we really have that experience of well-being. Absolutely. I think happiness is very much a state of well-being. Kat's book is titled Belonging, Overcome Your Inner Critic and Reclaim Your Joy. And you can learn more about her book and her coaching firm at Unbounded Potential. So that's unbounded-potential.com, unbounded-potential.com. Kat, thank you so much for being here today and, and really sharing with us that we can transform our lives. We can stretch if we are willing to give ourselves permission to do so. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to all of you, our listeners from around the world. I invite you to write a review, subscribe to this podcast, 
And please share it with anyone who's looking to truly live their best life. May each of us find our own unbounded potential. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.